The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to be connecting with all of you. Thank you for tuning us in and turning us on. As usual, you are the best listening audience on the planet. Uh, and before I introduce my fabulous guest, I want to say hi to B. Hey, hi, B. Hey, Pat. How are you doing? Staying cool? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Big, big tournament this weekend. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to stay cool and get your game on. I got to do all of that <laughs> and, and drive to Tacoma. Oh, that's not too far. No, I'm hoping to head out before like the rush hour. So that's what I'm thinking for today. That's good. That's good. This is a big tournament then? Something you had planned? Um, Well, it's a Washington State deal. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll see. Like, uh, you know, I'm not, I I haven't played um, competitively in a really long time and I just love to play. So it's really good to get out and play with people you don't know. And this is the best way to do it. Well, yeah, advances your game. Yeah, it also helps me normalize my crazy. <laughs> Don't we all need some of that? <laughs> and that's what today's show is about. Because I come from a crazy family. The making of a psychiatrist with my uh, very special guest, author Dr. Edward Holloway. And guess what? Why? Why is this that? Well, look, you know, Dr. Holloway, renowned ADHD expert, child and adult psychiatrist, world-renowned speaker, New York Times best-selling author, you know, graduate of Harvard College. I, I can keep going on and on and on. Whether you know him from Oprah, CNN, Today Show, this is not the conversation. The conversation is not about news and media. The conversation is about his fabulous book, Because I Come from a Crazy Family. And I was joking, Benny, a little bit with Dr. Holloway before the show, and I said, you know, there's a very good reason that you're a psychiatrist and I'm a psychologist. Very good reason. And I think he nailed it in his book. So we are going to talk about this today. Uh, Dr. Holloway, great to have Dr. Hallowell, great to have you here. Great to have you on the show. And I apologize for mispronouncing your name. Um, but it's <laughs> part, okay. of, a lot of, a lot it's of part of our crazy. Do, a lot of people well, do that. Get all the way to the third syllable. It's hard. Yeah. Well, no kidding. That's the story of my life. I, I mean, think about it. You know, we, we're, we're going to talk about sort of our beginnings. But if you think about my beginning and, and sort of the trauma of my family, I stuttered for most of my early years. So the fact that I can even read your name is really kind of interesting for me. Mm-hmm. But whether or not, you know, we're talking about parts of ourselves that very few people know. There's something to be said about telling a story that helps people understand that they can beat the odds. Isn't that really what this is about? Isn't that kind of really what the book is about, too? Yeah, absolutely. It's a a story of one person beating the odds with a lot of help from a lot of people, which is always the way it's done. And uh, yeah. And it's a, it's a funny, you know, it's a, it's a storybook. It's a, a lot yeah. of humor, a lot of humor in it and a lot of uh, uh, pathos in it. And, uh, um, you know, the first half is about my 
growing up, and the second half is about my my training uh, at the Massachusetts Mental Health Center in in psychiatry and the the great teachers I had, which were some wonderful patients and some wonderful uh, psychiatrists, and um, uh, it it, uh, it 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 is uh, you know uh, I, I had real odds stacked against me, but but. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a very hopeful book because uh, here I am at age 68. You know, I've been married 29 years with three wonderful children. They're all in their 20s now, and they're launched and and uh, uh, doing wonderfully well. And then that really was my my life's most precious goal was to uh, uh, give my children the happy childhood I didn't was not able to have, but. And of course, most of that credit goes to my wife too. But uh, uh, I, I'll claim a little bit of the credit. And, and, uh, <laughs> but uh, you're right, though. We have and, to give I'm a sorry? shout out. Well, you're right. We have to give a shout out to the people that have loved us along the way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that. Yeah. I, I, the and and also uh, part of writing it was uh, by way of saying, you know, don't don't keep these things secret. You know, it's yeah. time we tear down the, the the taboo it's time we you know stop pretending you have to uh, hide these conditions you know and and uh, uh, you know there's no other part of medicine where you, you you keep it secret you know if you if you if you have a broken leg you don't say oh well you know I better not tell anyone that and and uh, but then there's no hallmark cards for you know I hope you get over your depression you know Right. We, some, cool. we somehow think it's it's uh, it's uh, unseemly, or or you know, it, it's it's still there's a stigma that goes with it, you know. And and yeah. and, and I and I, so I just got naked. I wrote about it as openly as I possibly could, and I wrote about my 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 crazy family, and and I'm very proud of them. You know, they yes, they did have various kinds of mental illnesses, but they were also brilliant and fun and funny and imaginative and creative. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of them went to Harvard. My, my brother was finished near the top of his class, and so did my uncle and my, and my father and, and uh, uh, my cousin, um, you know, and, and they were really smart, really creative, really good people. They were generous and kind, and, and you know, and, and that's what people often don't understand, you know, it, a mental illness doesn't define all of you. It, it defines a part of you, but not mm-hmm. all of you. And, and the fact of the matter is, most really creative, interesting people, uh, most creative, interesting people, have one or another of the various conditions we diagnose, whether it's uh, ADD and dyslexia, which is what I have, or major mm-hmm. depression, which is what Abraham Lincoln had, or or bipolar disorder, or uh, an anxiety disorder, which just millions of people have, or substance use disorder, which m- millions of people have, or or um, uh, various uh, uh, of the others. Uh, uh, it's rare to find a, 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 an extremely talented, creative person who doesn't have one of those. And mm-hmm. it's rare to find a family who that isn't touched by one of these uh, issues. And so the idea of keeping it all secret and stigmatized uh, and surrounded with shame is just—it's just a terrible thing. We—we—we've—we've—we we've, should have progressed further than that in our civilization. And, and uh, so my my book was one small attempt to kind of blow the lid off of that. 
Yeah. And, you know, the stories in here, which we're going to talk about a couple of them. There's one in here that I so related to. We're going to talk about in a minute. Um, But, you know, you're touching upon something interesting because you're right about this. Any other illness we're out there talking about. But when it comes to things like the range of what you just talked about, we're we're not we forget it. Even even as well known or as well known as people think ADD or ADHD is, they still don't know about it. You know what's interesting about this is you and I know we know this from how many years we've studied. Right? We know that secrets are not good. <laughs> no, we know no. this. They're right? not good. They're not good. Secrets. Uh, uh... What do they say in AA? You're you're only as healthy as your secrets, you know. Oh, and yeah. and uh, um, secrets really they fester and they 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 really make people sick. Uh, you know, so there's something wonderfully relieving and, and health giving and in, in, uh, 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 just not carrying around secrets. Secrets are yeah. toxic. They 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 really uh, uh, they they really poison your system. Mm-hmm. It feels really good to let go of all your secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting we're talking about this because, you know, for a really long time, I was I was looking at this, and let's talk about alcoholism for a minute. You know, I come from a family who kept a secret about my mom's death for decades, and it wasn't until I cornered my uncle, Al, uh, in his 80s or something, the only living member of the Basili family, uh, that where I asked him, I said, listen, nobody wants to tell me how my mom died when I was six, why I went to Catholic boarding school, and then why my sister went on to get depressed and gain 450 pounds. And I said to him, Uncle Ralph, something is not right. And then I said to him, my dad passed away and my stepmom kept the letters from my mom. And I said, come on, why aren't we talking about the fact that my mom attempted suicide, wrote letters to my dad, then, from Bellevue, by the way, Mm. then they let her out and she decided, okay, that didn't work. I'm just going to light the whole house on fire. And and that's the way I'm going to go. And why wouldn't we talk about this? And why wouldn't we talk about her addiction and how that happened? And now I'm older and I know why we don't. Because even with somebody like you and somebody like me, we can talk about it now. But I can tell I got to tell you, doctor, and this is what we're going to talk about. You ever go on a date and talk about like your parents and then they say, oh, where's your mom? And they say, oh, well, my mom died when I was six. Well, how'd she die? Well, she committed suicide. Okay, that's the mm-hmm. last time you're going to have that date. That's like the end of the date. That's like the end. That's like the, you haven't even started, and that's the end. How can we? How can we change this narrative? How can we do it? Well, see, if if I were dating that person, I'd want to. That that wouldn't be the last time you'd see me. You know, see, I think I think this is a very interesting person. So, yeah. you know, I I think uh, um, I, I I think we're starting to change it. I think we're. I have to think we're starting to change it. That mm-hmm. we're we're less, you know, even the content of mainstream TV, you know, 
look at how all in the family changed the the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And that was what twenty five years ago. Yeah. What a groundbreaker that was, where we you could talk openly about racism and sexism, and you could uh, and what an iconic figure Archie Bunker became. And now, you know, I think the TV is ready for a show that deals openly with mental illness. In fact, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, my book might uh, get turned into a TV show. And, and um, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, I think it, 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 these issues are so common. Yeah. You know, th- this is not rare. I mean, who, who doesn't know someone with an anxiety disorder? Or who doesn't oh. have one? I mean, mm. who doesn't know someone who... Uh, doesn't struggles with depression or substance use. I mean, you just you take those or ADHD. I mean, it, it's and and if we could just talk about them openly, laugh about them. I mean, not to say depression is funny; it's anything but funny. But if you could talk about it without shame, and if you could say, "Oh my God, I I'm going through depression now," and and um, and so that's why I don't want to come to your party, and and not have to make up some lame excuse like you know. It's, the night I get to do my hair or something. You know, right, and, and exactly. Someone could, someone could say, I, I understand, you know, and that's okay. Uh, I understand you just don't feel motivated to do anything. And, and if you could just openly say, I'm going through a depression. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, or if you could say, you know, I really have terrible social anxiety, and, and that's why I don't like to uh, be in big groups. And, and, and it, you know, if that could... You, you're you're not proud of it, but you don't have to be ashamed of it, right? You know, right. and and, re- and realize that uh, there's a lot of people who are like that, and they're usually very talented. I mean, that that's what that's the interesting thing about. Well, like take anxiety, take worrying. It it's oh. usually it takes a lot of intelligence and creativity to dream up all the stuff we worriers worry about. You know, I mean, oh. if, if if you're not too bright. You, you you don't you you won't perceive all the things that could go wrong. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love this. I mean, yeah. your book. First, let me just say, I am so going to lobby for this book to be made into some kind of series or something. Yeah. Because I, I have to tell you, I'm reading this book, and I'm actually on my second read of it. And I'm going through it, and I'm like, now, why haven't I talked about that kind of thing? So let's talk about one of the stories, and let's talk about the book. And, Benny, if we could just skip this break. First off, if anybody's out there, look at the now headlines about anxiety medication. First off, just want to say, latest study, I think, shows that anxiety medication now is surpassing um, um uh, 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 pain, pain medication. So that I think is out there now, but let's talk about the book. You know, when we look at this and what you have done is you have shared your life stories. And in the book, there are many stories that talk about what we will do, how we will behave, what hoops we will jump through for the people perhaps that we've grown up with that are really crazy. And I was struck by the one story because I did something similar where there was this, you know, uh, like um, you're telling the story of where uh, Jamie wanted uh, uh, like the hamburger, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And it was like clear across the other end of town. Right. Right. And it's like, oh, okay, I want this 3D hammer, right? And right. I'm reading this, and I'm no, and I'm thinking, oh no, no, is he going to go get that? Is he going to go get that? <laughs> Tell us about that story because it's very typical of yep. what we agree to early on in life about this. Yeah. Well, you know, growing up, we the the, the adults were, you know, were were kind of in their own world, and so my my two cousins, who were really my siblings, uh. Lynn and Jamie um, and and I were kind of a uh, you'd call it a mesh today, but we really uh, we really relied on each other. And I and Lynn had Jamie and me wrapped around her little finger, and and so there was this one day where she she wanted it was the the uh, forerunner of the Big Mac was Howard Johnson's had something called a 3D. Yep. And, and she uh, she had it in her head that she wanted a 3D. And she didn't want to go get it. Now it was clear across town in Chatham, the little town on Cape Cod where we where yeah. we lived. And she wanted me to get on my bicycle and bicycle <laughs> across town. You know, it's about a fifteen minute bike ride, and buy her a three D and bring it back. And I said, and I said, I don't want to do that. And she said, Well, what else would you be doing? And I said, Well, nothing. <laughs> well, she said, Well, then why won't you do this? I said, Well, because I don't want to. I'd rather sit here and do nothing. She said, well, isn't that pretty selfish? And I said, well, what do you mean? Am, am I your servant? And and she just had a way, and she she talked me into it. So the next thing you know, I'm bicycling across town on the hot summer day to get her her, her darn 3D. <laughs> but that's what that's what we would, you know, and, and we, we pretty much, uh, we, we just uh, hung out together, and we, we made our... We made our safe little world, and um, and uh, uh, in, in in Chatham, and she she uh, she passed away about ten years ago at the age of fifty six, way too young. Mm. Wow, wow! You know, I, I, let's talk about the book because you touched upon this earlier. And for those of you just tuning in, the book is because I come from a crazy family. And by the way, this would be a great time. Uh, to give us a shout if you've got questions, 1-800-930-2819. Because I come from a crazy family, the making of a psychiatrist. And this is, of course, my very special guest, Dr. Edward uh, Hollowell. And, you know, of course, uh, a psychiatrist. Uh, And the book is pretty much like a memoir. Um, But the stories in here are so telling. And they're so well written. I mean, everything from, you know, uh, talking about the principal, talking about, and I grew up with, by the way, two pretty crazy stepsisters, right? My dad remarried. Mm-hmm. And my mom, my stepmom, was almost the same age as my real sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very young. And so I went from crazy to even like crazy on steroids right there mm-hmm. with that. <laughs> um, but I have to say, because of my own diagnosis, now we know it as, what do we know it as? Uh, ADD, ADHD. I don't, I don't know what you call it. And then I have a little learning thing that I didn't discover till I went back to a graduate program. Mm-hmm. They were all gifts. But for some reason, I was optimistic. Now, I want to ask you about that because you sound like a pretty optimistic guy. Yes, yes. So yes, isn't yes. that an example of 
how crazy can develop or help people develop uh, personalities that can be quite successful. And we don't talk about that enough. We think that we all have to go the pathway of our moms, our dads, our siblings. Yeah, yeah. And and how do we... uh... How do we find our way? How do we find our way through different kinds of, you know, my dad had bipolar disorder and, and, and my mom married, divorced him and then married a man who was alcoholic and she yeah. became alcoholic along with him and, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and uh, he was abusive and, you know, and I witnessed all of that and, and at the age of 10 I got sent away to a boarding school and, and uh, yeah all of the all of those strikes against me but I you're quite right I I'm I'm a, a very positive upbeat optimistic guy how does that happen you know it, it's hard to say okay I got a burning question for you did you actually make it through boarding school see I was sent away to boarding school at age six Catholic boarding school I shared wow. this with Matthew Matthew Fox the other day first of all uh, as a psychiatrist do you ever send a six-year-old to a boarding school ever no no do you ever send no. him to like a Catholic boarding school no no but I know why I was sent because my mom as I just shared was going through this Jews alcohol but I the good news for me is, I got thrown out of Catholic boarding school because I was just. Ma- <laughs> did you make it through boarding school? I did. No, for oh. me it was it was uh, wonderful because it was so much better than home. I loved oh. it. Of course, I didn't have nuns and that sort of thing. This was just a. Yeah. Uh, this was nice normal environment for me to go to, and uh, no, I, oh, nice. I loved it. I was. I started in uh, in the fifth grade, and then. Uh, I went to a prep school in New Hampshire called Exeter, yeah. which was a, which was a, which was even more wonderful, and then to Harvard, which I also loved, and then to mm-hmm. medical school down in New Orleans at Tulane. So I pretty mm-hmm. much grew up in these institutions, and they they saved me. They were they were wonderful places. Yeah. I met friends. I I met people who who you know weren't drunk as far as I could tell, and and who were <laughs> not hitting each other and not yelling at each other. And um, it was, it was, a, it was, you know, and, and it, it, I didn't realize, I, I didn't realize how abnormal what I had seen was. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, again, it, it, the memoir is not in any way casting aspersions. It's not a, a sort of story of my life in hell at all. It's, it's, no. It's full of funny stories and funny people and even my stepfather who's the closest to a evil person in the book even he i i, I think i paint in a in a fairly tender and forgiving way and he because he had his own tragedy that he went through and and uh, you know people 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 become uh, you know the, the aa says hurt people hurt people you know so yep it's usually when you you've suffered pain that you inflict pain why you and I found different outcomes? You know, is it the optimism gene? Is it the grace of God? Is it the, the fairy godmother? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't either. I just tell you, there isn't a day that that goes by that I'm not extremely grateful for it. Me too. And I don't try to understand it, right? You too, too, right? I I mean, I can tell from the book and the way you wrote it, you're right about this. This is not a book about let's give up, let's roll over. This is a book about let me share these stories and let me share all different sides of them. I yeah. think, what was the nickname where you were given? Were you given the nickname Dink? Did I, did I remember that from the book? Oh yeah. From the resident, the, the resident, the surgical resident that I followed around. Yeah. Right. And there was, there was an adjective before Dink as well. Yeah, I know. I remember that. <laughs> like, yeah, like, uh, it was the one effing that... Dink, but it was yeah, very affectionate. Dink. You know, he would mm-hmm. he, yeah, I, he would call me effing Dink, get over here and, uh, do this, do that. I loved him. I loved him. I loved my three months on surgery with him. McCormick was his name. He was wonderful. Well, I want to talk about that because, look, this book is filled with angels that have showed up. I call them angels. But they're special people. Yeah. And I have a whole lifetime of them. You know, my best friend, Linda, Linda's been my friend since 1973. Yeah. But her parents were to me like these institutions, these schools were to you. Her parents and Linda represented a side of normal that I honestly didn't believe. And I'm very grateful that, I mean, I I didn't know how to set a dining room table, right? Because I came from a family that never set the dining room table right because it just wasn't (laughs) good to do that. <laughs> that's that's right? such a that's such a telling detail. You you didn't know uh, how to set a table, and um, I didn't. Uh, and Linda taught you how. Uh, Linda and Linda's mother. I never so, looked anybody in the eye. And the first time I met Linda's mother, uh, I walked in, looked at, I looked at the floor all the time. I couldn't tell yeah. you what the sky. I couldn't tell yeah. you what the weather was because I'm always looking at the floor. So she and, she told you to look her in the eye. Oh my God, Joan was like. I walked in, Linda introduced me. She said, listen, young lady, let's get something straight right now. If you're going to come in my house, you have to look me in the eye. And I looked up and I looked her in the eye and I thought, oh, my God, she's got blue eyes and brown hair. But aren't these, isn't this why we're sharing this? Because one, you're right. You know, part of AA, as you talked about, there, there are two parts. One If you're fortunate enough to get the 12th step, what it says is that you are to take what you've learned and give it back. Isn't that what we're doing here? You know, you know, saying yes to what I'm doing was the scariest thing in my life. You know, I'm such an introvert. And and now I've been on 15 years. I have a a top show and I and I started a a positive talk network. My friends think now I've lost my mind. I don't think so. Do you? No, I think you're absolutely uh, a picture of sanity, and you're 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 giving back in a wonderful, wonderful way, and you know, and and I think you're right. The the ruling emotion I feel every day is gratitude. I'm so mm-hmm. grateful. I'm so grateful, and I, and I don't know who or what made it happen, but whatever mm-hmm. it was, it, I just feel colossal gratitude, and. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, I look at my children, and I look at the work I've been lucky enough to do, and I look at my wife. I look at I look at the, you know, I've made many mistakes along the way, many mistakes. But um, yeah. 
but I've, you know, stumbled into some wonderfulness and, um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I just want other people to know that, uh, you know, yes, the bad things come, but, uh, don't give up. And, and, and the, 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 the way to keep going is through connection is through reaching out, listening to your show, Pat, or, you know, just talking to a friend, you know, get a dog. Dogs are the best therapists in the world, you know, uh, uh, go back to church or synagogue or whatever your tradition is. Go mm-hmm. forgive somebody that you've been fighting with. You know, forgiveness is, is really a gift you give to yourself. And, and um, um, you know, uh, connect with, uh, go to a museum, you know, drink in some beauty, you know, a, mm-hmm. a big a big dose of beauty will, will make you feel good. I mean, it, it there's hope to be found, in, and it's mm-hmm. largely free of charge. You know, connection is, I call it the other vitamin C, vitamin connect, and it's uh, uh. It, it, it's right there to be had, and we're starving for it. You know, the Surgeon General named loneliness as the, yes. the biggest medical problem in the country today, and, and my goodness, that's one problem everyone can solve. You know, you, you, if you, it, 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 the, the obstacle is fear, fear of rejection, fear of looking stupid, fear of, you know, of, of just not knowing how to do it. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we're substituting electronic connection for real human connection. So, you know, and, and you don't need, it doesn't have to be human. A, a canine connection is, is wonderful. And if you prefer cats, okay, get a cat. But, you know. If you need to start with a pet, start with a pet. But but connection, listening to your to your show is is a kind of a connection. But you know, get out in nature, get out with people, join a group, join a club, um, book clubs, volunteer. This this is where meaning and love comes through connection. It really mm-hmm. does, and and uh, and and it's it's there to be had every day. Well, uh, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, I want to pick up where we're where we're leaving uh, off right now. And the reason is, you're absolutely right about loneliness, and yet, you know, some of the hardest things that I've had to do in my life, and I'm watching it in people that are close to me right now, is make a decision to end the loneliness. See, we we think we, we think sometimes, why why don't you just get on a plane and go out there? You know, why sit by yourself? We think, come on, just go do it. But unless you've been there at that place, and I've been there, and I know you know what I mean, I have not been able to really take that action out of loneliness without some help. Mm -hmm. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what that means. And what does it mean, despite not wanting to take yourself out of your house or get on a plane or get in the car, What does it do to you when you do that? Not to mention, most people want to know how I can focus long enough to actually play table tennis. But that's the misconception about this. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Golden Otter Divinations Radio, where the metaphysical meets the mainstream with Autumn Seibel. Tune in the first Friday every month at 9 a.m. Pacific as Autumn, educator, health coach, and medium, explores metaphysical and mainstream strategies on how to elevate your level of conscious living. Draw in the abundance that is yours by divine right. For more information about working with Autumn, visit goldenotter.us. That's golden like the precious metal and otter like the precious animal.us. So when are you most peaceful? When you're connected to your source. When you have a deep connection to your soul. And you're living your spiritual way, your unique way. And when are you most stressed? When you're not. It's really, really simple, friends. When we start to borrow desires, we start to control others and situations and people, things go wrong. Nobody wants to be controlled. So it's really important to get connected to the source if you want to remain stress-free. When you're connected to the source, you will have deep access to your own intuition, your own way of living, absolutely fresh and new every moment. Are you ready to make deep, lasting, transformative changes? Then tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio for Susanna Jameson's hit show, Love Light Sound Radio. During her show, Susanna inspires and supports spiritually and health-conscious individuals all over the world to reconnect with their hearts, their inner peace, and balance. Love Light Sound Radio. Transformation happens here now. For more information, visit SusannaJameson.com. This is Debbie Pokornik with a break-free parenting tip. If you haven't been practicing active listening or not getting into some bad habits, it's a good idea to go back to the basics and remind yourself how to be a good listener. Here's an idea that might help. When your child comes to you with a story about her day, set aside whatever you're doing and give her your full attention. If you're in the middle of something that can't be put aside, tell her that you really want to be able to give her story your full attention and ask if you could continue the conversation at a specific time. So for example, this sounds like an important story and I'd really like to give it my full attention. Can we talk about it in 10 minutes when supper's in the oven? Active listening might sound like common sense, but often it's these simple skills that get buried in our parenting pack and easily forgotten or overlooked. Challenge yourself to practice this skill for a full week and see if you notice a difference in how much your child is sharing. For information and to work with Debbie, visit EmpoweringNRG.com. Hey, everybody, we're going to give a copy of the book away because I I come from a crazy family. I don't know if any of you relate to this out there. Um, Maybe, maybe not. Uh, The Making of a Psychiatrist. Yeah. Uh, 1-800-930-2819. First caller, we'd love to give a copy of the book away. The other thing is also I want to make sure that you all have information and can find out more about the book. Uh, what, What is the best website for us to send people to, Dr.? Well, to buy the book, Amazon, uh, and uh, to learn about me, my own website, drhallowell.com, just dr, no period, hallowell.com. Okay. And then also, same thing on Facebook, everybody. It's facebook.com, Dr. Um, uh, Hallowell. Okay. Let's talk story. I was just sure during a break, a little bit of my crazy, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't even go into details. 
But I went through this book. There were parts of it I just laughed and other parts I cried. Yeah. Right. I I love, you know, conversations where, where you say things like God smiled on me. Right. Uh, and directed me because that's the way I live my life. I dialed a wrong phone number 15 years ago and I didn't hang up. And I pulled out a credit card and I paid like $10,000 for internet only radio. And you want to talk about people having me committed? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I knew. Tell us about you. How have you been directed in your life? And there are funny stories in here. And there's the reality of this as well. I would love for you to share. What, do you have a favorite story? Well, I mean, so many stories. But, uh, uh, you know, there is the story of when this, this voice came to me when I was 10 years old and I was about to go swimming down in Chatham, and, I, and this voice just appeared out of nowhere and said, you should become a psychiatrist. I mean, it was, you know, technically it was an auditory hallucination, but it was the only time I've ever had one. And, but, you know, so you could say I was psychotic for a moment, but I didn't really make much of it. It was, it was so strange. You would have thought I was, you know, dumbstruck, but I, but I, I wasn't. I sort of heard the voice, and I said, oh, that's interesting. And I went off and went swimming. <laughs> and, and it's not like I committed right then and there to becoming a psychiatrist, but it must have planted some kind of seed in me because here I am. But so that was oh. that was a, that was certainly a, an arresting moment. Yeah. Um, that uh, uh, and then you know the very unusual moment was the moment of my conception. You know where my father. He'd graduate, he was an all-American hockey player at Harvard and um, married my mother, who was a beautiful debutante. And, um, you know, they'd gotten married and looked like they were going just to just, just have a wonderful life together. And they had my two brothers, and, and the war came along. And uh, mm. my dad volunteered and was uh, made a captain of a destroyer escort. And he went off and fought uh, German submarines in the North Atlantic. And when the war ended, he came back and he went crazy. Uh, he was um, diagnosed schizophrenic, and that's what they diagnosed everyone who was psychotic back then. And so he yeah. was given shock treatment. And, and uh, one weekend they decided to let him go home on a trial visit. Well, they shouldn't have because he was still psychotic. And uh, mm. when he got home, he decided he wanted to murder my mother. And uh, she, being the artful woman she was, talked him into making love instead. And that's where I came from. And that's mm. an, an interesting beginning for a psychiatrist. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and, and you. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love that you actually know that story. My God, my family has kept so many secrets. First of all, they totally disowned my dad. You know, and my uncle could not mention Tony's name without a big old Italian curse words around it. Uh -huh. uh, and and then you finally ask enough questions where somebody tells you the truth. Right. 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 I right. mean, I didn't even know till Ancestry.com that on my mother's side, I could never understand the coloring of their eyes and their hair. 
right? Uh-huh. Like my Aunt May had this dark, dark hair with these blue, blue eyes. And I, uh-huh. and then these Takamemi stories of like where in Italy people. And finally, I said to my uncle, listen to me. There's Ancestry.com that says Grandpa Balela was born in Brazil. Like his birth certificate. What is wrong with you people? I mean, those are things that you just keep asking the questions, right? Right, 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 right. Why do we keep secrets? I mean, there's a psychology to that. You know, Mm. by the way, I just want to tell you what I went on to study is my wound, and that is broken promises. I went on to Mm. study the consequences of broken promises for eight years, Mm. 1,200 pages of notes after I was done. My dissertation, my postdoctorate, all won awards. I was so depressed, doctor. I can't even tell you. Depressed from? Studying that thing and listening to stories. About broken promises. Oh, my God. The betrayals around it. I had no idea. I didn't know what I was doing when I said yes to that. You know, my colleagues were studying positive psychology and happiness. I'm like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) How did you how did you go from you know that that car accident you told me about to getting yeah. a PhD? Oh, not easily. I mean, yeah. listen. I my stepmom said to me, you either get yourself a job or you're going to end up in jail. I didn't mm-hmm. get a job right away. I went the homeless route. But then mm-hmm. I had a bunch of angels and I had applied for a job in the phone company. And uh, this woman, an angel, Doris Stoner, mm-hmm. calls me in for an interview. She says, I don't know why I should hire you. You were out 41 days. I don't, we don't even know how you graduated high school, Pat. Mm-hmm. And she said that there's something about you and I'm going to hire you. And I got a job in the mailroom at Bell Labs, the phone company, the old phone company. And I almost lost that job because I started to skip my mail routes because I was having too much fun with the PhDs. Uh One day Uh I turned to Linda, who I met in the phone company, and I said, I'm going to get a PhD. Now, I have to tell you, barely graduated high school. I couldn't put a sentence together. And Linda, this is a best friend, says to me, absolutely, you will. And I looked at her and I said, what exactly is a PhD? (laughs) And she laughed. I never got an answer. But I wanted to study it because all these people I delivered mail to, Arno Penzias, the big bang guy, he Uh gave me bagels. All of the mathematicians, the guys that were teaching me how to play ping pong. So Uh I associated PhD with fun. That's wonderful. Somehow, (laughs) some strange thing. Um, I didn't go back to school. I worked my way up at Bell Labs because there's one thing about, I think, people like us that come from families like this. I think we've learned how to work hard. What do you think? Oh, yeah. You yeah, think we've no. learned that? And and to enjoy it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, you know, to enjoy the creativity. Yeah. And then yeah. I had a boss that said to me one day, you're not going to get ahead. You're not going to get, you got to go back to school. I said, I can't go to school. Brian McGorry. I can't go to school at night. You people don't let us out because we're clerks. You don't let us out till after five. And I said, by the time I would get to Fairleigh Dickinson, it would be too late. So you know what this guy did? What? Brian McGorry. Right? He he said, Brian McGorry was my boss. Here's what he did. Bell Labs, the phone company. Mm -hmm. Unheard of for clerks to leave early. 
He said, I don't care. I'm authorizing you to leave and I'm going to pay you. Wow. He ended up changing the entire policy in the phone company so that clerks, clerical people, large majority of them, could leave early to go back to school. It so took he, had me faith, 30, he had faith in you. Uh, he did. And I, I'll tell you, it took me 13 years to get an undergraduate. But it wasn't until I lost my job at the company after 24 and a half years. I was the head of HR and I couldn't implement a downsizing program. Why? Because my wound is broken promises. Mm. And they were going to fire all the older people. They wanted me to fire a woman with 29 years, 11 months. Mm. And mm. I said, take my, take my job. And off I went to school. I mm. went back to school. I called Columbia. And I said, do you still have my application? My boss is firing me. You know, remember when they fire people now? You know this. I bet you see a lot of people that have lost their jobs, right? Oh, yeah. That is a problem. That is yeah. traumatic. Yeah, yeah. There's no humanity in the way we let people go. There just isn't. Yeah, but, it, it, you know, just the increasing right? depersonalization of life. And I bet, you know, that's why I, I stress connection so much. You know, yeah. when, you, when, you feel, when you feel connected, you, you're, you're mm -hmm. going to just naturally be kind. Mm -hmm. and, is that uh, why we're so attached to social media? Because we are completely addicted. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's uh, not it, what the connection you're talking about. No, because it's not. it did help me. No, it, it, it's not. The connection I'm talking about is is much more warm and, and close and real and friendly, personal. Mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you this question. You and I are sitting here and we're sharing. I mean, I'm talking about stuff I've never talked about on air. And <laughs> we're talking about these things and we're laughing and we're smiling. Yeah. And I'm sure people are wondering, why are these two laughing and smiling with these stories? And I don't really have a good answer to that. But somewhere along the way, there's something that from our upbringing, there's something that helped shaped us and molded us. What would you say it is for you? Well, it's, it's the natural tendency to be curious about other people and, and to want to mm -hmm. connect with them. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what I've been doing since I was six years old, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, it's without doubt what, uh, what got me through. You know, I, mm. I, I want to know about people, and, and I'd ask about them. You know, so, so you know, find you, I want to know about you. you know? Yeah. I know you're interviewing me on a radio show, so I, I suppose yeah. I'm not supposed to want to know about you. But uh, Oh, no. <laughs> I get it. But that's what you and I have in common. I mean, I didn't sit down and, and say, I'm going to uh, invest hundreds of thousands of dollars and buy airtime so that I can have great conversations with people like you. Right. I just did it because it felt like breathing to me. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it, you, and you found your, you found your calling and you, you found, uh, mm -hmm. you, you found uh, something that worked. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I want to just ask you this question about the future for people. 
And I know that we have a few minutes left. First of all, I want to encourage folks to get a copy of this book. This is the kind of book you read and you share with people that are close to you. It really is. And I do hope, I do hope they do take this book and turn it into a mini-series or something, do something with it. Um, what's our message today? What, what do we want to say to folks that are depressed, that are lonely? Because there is, you know, there could be a pot of gold at the other side of this. What do we want to say to them today? It, it, it really is a matter of, of reaching out. It, it is, you know, not to... Not to uh, Stay in hiding, and and however you reach out, I mean, uh, you're you're not going to feel like uh, going to a party or something like that. But call someone up, you know, uh, go talk to the barista at Starbucks. You know, it doesn't have to be a profound moment; just a, a little moment of connection. Uh, I mean it when I say get a dog. It, it, dogs really are incredible connectors. They they truly are. Um, I'm not being funny. I, 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 I really mean that. And, and uh, um, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, they're remarkable. Uh, uh, you know, so, so reach out how, however feels comfortable to you. It, it's, uh, one of my old teachers used to say, never worry alone. So yeah. don't, don't let yourself uh, remain in, in, in solitude. Uh, in, in silent suffering. That, that's when bad things happen. Yeah, it really is. And I love the way you're talking about it. Clearly, every time I go back to New Jersey to visit Linda, uh, she wants to keep me away from the deli counter because <laughs> I just have a blast talking to people, right? Yeah. And, and I get up at the register and I'm locked talking to the cashier. Now, if you're on the East Coast, it's a whole different pace than out here in the Pacific Northwest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you, you uh, do. Uh, uh, what's the difference? Uh, the difference is uh, out here, like yesterday, when I went to the grocery store up there at the Safeway, and I was talking to the young man who is really like a philosopher, we were talking about philosophy and about the row as he's bagging my stuff, right? Uh-huh. And so that takes a little extra time. Like he's stopping <laughs> for a minute, and we're talking about the row, and he gives me a quote like that, right? That's and he's doing that to everybody. Do you know how long he would last in a grocery store in New Jersey, like <laughs> out there, right? No. The pace is so fast, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. I will tell you this. For those of you that go to Hawaii, if you don't take the time to chat with people, uh-oh, look out. You're in trouble. You're in so trouble. So Hawaii, they, they make sure you slow down. You can't help it. Yeah. You just, yeah. the minute you get off the plane and you feel that air, yeah. uh, it's just nothing like it. But yeah. it, in any event, no matter what your environment is, what you and I are talking about is universal. Yeah. And what, what we're sharing with people are things that are so critical for everyone to do right now to create a change in, in a pattern that is not really helping them on their pathway to happiness. And I think that's right. what your book is about as well. Yeah, it is. It, 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 it's about, uh, uh, it is about the power of connection. And it is, you know, the, that beating the odds, 
you know, which is which I did, you did, and, and uh, anybody can. Uh, uh, you know that that it, it's it's all about hope, mm-hmm. and and that it's there for anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason that one of the most popular popular words of our time uh, right now, Doctor Hollowell, is transparency. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that this mm-hmm. word has become the buzzword. There's mm-hmm. also a reason why a majority of the population doesn't know what it means. <laughs> yes. Right? Um, because it can be so hard to find. It's so hard to find. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that what you're doing is you're really inviting all of us to step away from our shame, step mm-hmm. away yeah. from our guilt, right? Um I certainly and am transparent in this book, yeah. that's for sure. You are transparent in the book. Yeah. You are totally transparent. I got to say one thing, though. You know the picture that, that you have of you in the book in the back? Yeah. And you know the picture in the front? Yeah. Of you? Yeah. You look the same. <laughs> How did you do that? How did you not age? <laughs> 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 you got that smile in the front and you got now everybody you got to get that you guys got to look at the cover of the book you got that smile in the front that look in your eye and i'm looking at the back and look at you're still the same thank you so much for today one last question please tell folks your website how to get a copy of the book and what's your personal message what would you like to leave us with today and thank you well go, go to amazon.com and and get because i come from a crazy family and my, you know, my message really is what we've been talking about. Uh, it's it's really about love and connection and hope. And and the the book is uh, one person's account of how it actually works in the face of tremendous uh, odds and adversity. Yeah, I also want to mention, if I could, you're also uh, the best-selling author of Driven to Distraction, uh-huh. which I love. That thank you, thank you. I really do. Thank I you really so much. do. Yeah, I, and, and maybe you'll come back and we'll talk about how that can get us to a level of creativity that, you know, that's why Tom Cruise's movie right now is like popping it, the best movie is ever done. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, give him yeah. all the ADDs, dyslexic and all of that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, uh, Pat. Ben, I'd love to take care. Oh, my God. It's so great. I can't wait to have you back. The book, by the way, folks, it is fabulous. It's so well written. You know, it puts you right smack in the middle of your own experiences. And on the other side of it, there really is a happy ending. All right, everyone. We'll see you in a little bit. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.